This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Claire Bonnyman. And I'm in Dariwal. And welcome to The Loop. Back to school is in full swing, though I will admit this year back to work has kind of got a similar energy mm. to it. There's some excitement. Uh, there's lots of shopping to be done or that I want to do. But how yeah. did actual back to school go in your house? Man? You know what? It was actually maybe one of the smoothest uh, transitions from August to September ever. Really? There was no planning involved. I think it just we started it a little earlier instead of doing it all in one day. Which is really just common sense. Like, that's the way it should go, right? <laughs> that is the smart approach. I, yeah. I was speaking to a friend who, like, spent the last three days of summer frantically shopping around Scrambling. trying to find yeah. the right items for back to school. Yeah. By the time you get to grade 12 and 9, it's kind of like you've been there, done that. So that you should true. kind of have a bit of a routine. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. But I think younger kids are where some of the fun is at. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. When they're younger, it's definitely fun. Like, yeah. I tried to get uh, our kids to pose for a picture, and it was kind of like, okay, you can smile. Like, it's not a rule. <laughs> this isn't a passport you, yeah, photo. <laughs> no one's going away for a while here. So, yeah. So, it, it, has, been, uh, it has been a good one for us, for sure. Uh, and, of course, our colleague, Ashita Verma, got to experience some back-to-school hype as well. She went to chat with students and parents on their first day back. Lucas, Fianta Brown, Velma Baker. Uh, it's kind of nervous to be back, but it's going to be fun, probably. What grade are you going? Six. Oh, wow, that's a big one. Yeah. Do you have any fun plans of what you're going to do in the school year? Uh, play basketball pretty much, mostly. And what was back to school shopping for you like? Uh, we didn't really have to go to the store that much because we had lots of stuff already. We bought some stuff off of Amazon, but yeah, that was pretty much it. Omar, last name Javed. And how do you feel for back to school? Uh, very exciting. I get a chance to be at home. I work in the well patch and uh, lucky to be here to drop off my kids for the first day. Pretty exciting. Are you excited that they'll be in school and you'll be home? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so what was it like getting them ready for school? Uh, most of the work was done by my wife. I just picked up some stuff in the morning that he was missing and we're here now. So Yusuf, I mean, I'm going to grade two. I don't know. Um, my friend from kindergarten uh, um, is all from grade one all the way to grade two is coming. So I'm excited and I'm I'm excited and not excited at the same time. And yeah, yeah, but I'm yeah, but I'm still but I'm still fine. I'm I'm going to school. Yeah, it's Mercy Osman. A little bit nervous. I don't know. It's always the first day of school. I'm always nervous because he's a new teacher. You know, new teacher, new friends. So that's what I'm nervous about. <laughs> um, I told him just to be like, you know, brave and face whatever his fear, right? Like that. Hi, what's your name? Gutu Osman, grade three. Are you excited? Kind of and kind of nervous. I don't know because I have a lot of new teachers and they're going to have a lot of new friends and 
Yeah. Yusuf was gold. <laughs> he may have been slightly distracted there. I think the first day of school is a distracting time. Oh my goodness! He, I could just, I could just see it. He was t- trying to stay focused on Ashita, but then he was like, "Hey, who, who's that? Oh, oh, what's going on over there?" Well, it was just you're seeing head all on your friends swivel. come in, brand oh. new haircuts, the yeah. cool new shoes are coming in. That's it. I love it. I, oh man, there's something about the first day of it school cool. when you see the parents that are like sad outside and the kids that are excited, and sometimes vice versa, the parents that are, parents are like. Excited. Thank God. It's sad. here. It is here. Yes. Uh, all this to say, school is the same, but also totally different, I think, than when both of us were in it. Yes. I, I will comfortably acknowledge that <laughs> because, you know, eh, there are certain things that don't happen anymore. Yeah. The, too bad it's not a class on street smarts. I could have used that back yeah. in the day. It would really come in handy. And I'm and I'm throwing my own two kids under the bus <laughs> there, too. Still um, a need. There's there's a ton of stuff they could learn about life in general, but uh, I digress. But seriously, <laughs> school has changed for kids with, of course, technology, career paths, different kinds of jobs, and every different kind of education. We've been mentioning in the story meeting a rise in outdoor classrooms mm-hmm. or different kinds of outdoor education that's available. There are more choices for kids and families than ever before, and a push from the government to diversify those opportunities across our province. Reporter Madeline Cummings did a deep dive into collegiate schools, the latest craze in the province, and she joins us now on The Loop to dive right in. Hey, Madeline. Hi, Claire. So when I hear the term collegiate, I think of like prep schools from TV shows or like private schools that I grew up around. But what are Alberta's collegiate schools? So it's actually really confusing because I grew up in Ontario where collegiate institutes were just normal academic high schools. I went to a collegiate institute. Okay. And so when I heard about collegiate starting up in Alberta, I was very confused about what that word meant. And I actually went to the dictionary just to double check that definition of the word collegiate. And (laughs) it comes from the Latin for college. But in Alberta, these are defined as schools with direct pathways to post-secondary education and careers. They can also even be part of existing schools, but they all have to be specialized in some way. And they have that formal agreement with a college. Um, And they all seem to have experiential learning. So how do they differ then from a, a public or a private school? And here's where it gets confusing even more because these collegiate schools can be public, private, francophone, Catholic, or charter. And we're seeing a real mix of models across the uh, province. Um, I think it's fair to say that what they all have in common is they are a more specialized form of education. And if you go to one of these schools, you can expect a clear focus on a particular field of study, whether it's like technology or a particular skilled trade. And there is that link with, like I mentioned, a college or some kind of post-secondary education. So why are we seeing a boom? Well, these are a priority for the provincial government right now. Premier Danielle Smith mentioned them in her mandate letter to the incoming education minister. And the education ministry has been spending money on these schools, too. Um, In its last annual report, the ministry allocated $15.5 million to support collegiate schools, permanent facilities, so buildings, um, in the last fiscal year. And they also gave out eleven fifty thousand dollars grants to these schools for their application. So a lot of money. And there are now 12 collegiate schools that have been approved by the province. Some have opened, some have not. They're all in various states. Um, and they're located across the province. So this is not just a, a rural thing or an urban thing. They're in uh, Edmonton, California. Calgary, North, South, Central, pretty much anywhere you could imagine. So if I'm a student, what kind of specializations am I looking at? So there's a range. Uh, Of the 12 schools I looked at, there's 
one focusing on environmental science. There's one focused on aviation, um, agriculture, healthcare, a couple of the other specializations. There's a school devoted to commercial driving. <laughs> there is a focus on skilled trades for some of these schools. Um, and then one in Edmonton on science and technology. Commercial driving stands out to me. Some of the like, it, it's not surprising some of them, but others, I'm like, huh, I never thought of going to school like that. Are they for a reason? Is there like a specific shortage in the labor market that they're trying to meet? Yeah, so that was a clear theme in my conversations with the administrators of these schools. And that uh, North Peace Driving Academy example you mentioned, that's one of the schools that's in the works in northern Alberta. And the goal is twofold. One, there is this labor shortage of class one drivers up there. Um, And there's uh, also some students that the school division up there was telling me about that they may not have graduated from high school in the past. And they're looking for a way to keep those students engaged. And this is one way to do that. Um, The local superintendent told me that they're partnering with Northwestern Polytechnic to offer that programming. And in the past, if students wanted to become commercial drivers, they had to travel to Calgary to get that training. So this is kind of a way to bring that education closer to home for them. Yeah. What's the experience like for families who are actually a part of this new kind of school? Well, I went to the only one that's open in Edmonton so far, STEM Collegiate, uh, the first week of school. And they are a middle school, but they've got plans to open a high school eventually. I went inside and picture a office building. It's actually a converted office building just off the white mud, big, tall ceilings, uh, still lockers, but lots of like echoes going on because the building was not you know, designed to be a school originally. It doesn't look like your traditional middle school There are 3D printers. There's a laser cutter. They didn't have a gym yet, so the students were exercising and running around on the parking lot outside. Um, They don't wear traditional uniforms, per se, like a private school school would require. They do wear matching school shirts. And I spoke with a parent at Edmonton, or in in Beaumont, rather, Ashley Sternhagen, who decided to send her son all the way there to, to South Edmonton to go to this school. And here are some of the reasons why she made that choice. I mean, he's already more of a math and science kid as it is. He's a fact kid, so it just fits him better. I prefer the idea of more hands-on learning than sitting there in a classroom, you know, in that traditional sense where you're reading from a textbook or listening to your teacher and then you answer tests on it. I think when you do the hands-on approach, that's how most people retain the information later. So Ashley says this model may not be best suited for everybody. She said she herself is not a science math person, so she probably wouldn't have gone to this school had it existed when she was in uh, middle school. But the school already has 250 students attending already. So that's a lot of kids willing to try this out and a lot of parents as well. Yeah, it's kind of surprising. What is her son? like? What do they have to say about this experience? Well, he told me that he wanted a change of scenery. He is commuting here from Beaumont. Um, He says he really likes the school so far. He says the students are nice. And like his mom mentioned, he is really interested in that uh, science, technology, and math angle. He thinks that this school might help with his future career. And though he's only in grade seven, he's already thinking about what he wants to do with his life. I I like the way science works. Um, Science is really appealing to me. I have, I have a main dream that I've been focusing on for around two and a half years now. I really want to be a medical researcher, find cures for people that need it. I love the, like, I don't think I knew what a medical researcher was in grade seven. 
Yeah, and two and a half years he's been thinking about this. So there must have been something that got it started. Um, Yeah, I also spoke with uh, another student at the school, and he said that uh, he's in grade eight. He said he's really enjoying STEM Collegiate so far, and he said that he liked being around students that are all interested in that STEM field because they all have that common interest, common knowledge. Yeah, it's fun to be around, you know, your peers who are into the same things that you are. It changes the whole school experience. You mentioned there's 250 kids as part of this, but how many kids are involved in this kind of schooling at large? Yeah, so my estimate is it's in the hundreds, and I say that because not all of the schools have opened yet. So I know there are more than 100 attending uh, Central Alberta Collegiate Institute, which is in with this uh, existing high schools. Um, but there are more going to be signing up, some of the principals were telling me, in the spring or later on or next year. Um, STEM, the school I was just talking about, is a middle school, but uh, most of the examples I've seen so far are high schools. There's also a private high school in Calgary that is offering this collegiate programming. And they are attracting different types of students. Students, for example, who are professional actors and who don't have a lot of time to go to a traditional school. Oh. Maybe adult learners or maybe students in rural areas that don't have access to certain courses. So the principal of that private school told me that uh, she kind of compared it to Lego for learning. Oh. They're just trying to plug some of those gaps and yeah, make yeah. everything fit together. Um, And the sense that I got is that a lot of these schools are getting a lot of calls from parents and they are preparing to be able to accept a lot more students in the future. So we know the word collegiate, not new, but how new is this idea behind collegiate schools in Alberta? So this is building on years of job placements, dual credit programming that have existed um, in Alberta. And it's not necessarily, like I said, a new school opening, but some students are getting the collegiate experience by going to an existing high school. So this Central Alberta Collegiate Institute, it already has 130 students across this uh, more rural area. And the school's director, Jackie Taylor, says that really it's an enhanced form of what um, has been called in the past dual credit programming. I think where we could get confused provincially around a collegiate is seeing it as a, a school, a singular location, but really a, the collegiate is a concept of program delivery, right? So I think we have to see it um, more organically. And so for us, the collegiate model isn't a single site. It isn't a school that will open. It really is about us in this region and hopefully even beyond the partners we've explained. Hopefully in the future, more and more school authorities become involved. But it really is a model by which we sit down together and we plan out programming that we can make accessible for students across our region using our post-secondary partners. You know, it sounds like a nice enough idea, this filling of the gaps, letting kids start specializing and become the medical researchers they've always wanted to be. But nothing is perfect, as we know. What are the problems people have with this model? Well, I put that question to Annie Kidder. Uh, She's the executive director of this organization called People for Education, which is a public education research and advocacy nonprofit. I think they're based in Ontario. And she said that she had some concerns with this new collegiate model. The concern right away would be about models like this, and this is also true across the country, is that when you have systems of uh, choice and specialization, which these appear to be, what it tends to do is divide students along either socioeconomic lines or parental education lines. There is actually a whole research study done at some point in Alberta that looked at 
what is the difference between the different uh, kids demographically um, in terms of who goes to uh, specialty schools or schools of choice. So I guess my primary reaction would be uh, there's a premise within this which is really important and and one could argue should be available to all students in high school. Um, and then the second concern would be um, the, the, the problematicness of dividing kids along demographic or socioeconomic lines. But that's, that sort of goes against the fundamental premise of, of public education. So she supports this experiential learning idea, but has some equity concerns about how it will all play out. Who will attend these schools? What will be the outcomes that we see? For example, she pointed to um, Ontario ending the practice of streaming students in grade nine into either academic or applied courses. She says there was research that found that black teenagers were being put into that applied track at way higher rates. She also worries about students specializing at a really young age. And being in grade seven, you might not know what you want your future career to be at age 13, 14. Um, I asked some of the people involved in collegiate schools about this, and they told me they didn't see that as a concern. STEM Collegiate's founder said that this model allows students to really understand what's involved in the STEM field before they invest in a post-secondary degree. So, yeah, there's nuance to it. I mean, for certain kids, you know, maybe there is that element. I wanted to be a dinosaur for a long time when I was a kid. So (laughs) that I feel like there's not a school for that. Uh, We've seen a lot of growth. Do you think we're going to continue to see more and more of these collegiate schools in Alberta? I think we will, um, but there are a few barriers to their growth, and one is physical space. So if schools aren't operating within existing infrastructure, they're going to need to find office buildings perhaps, or or it's expensive to build a new school. Um, It can be hard to fundraise the money for that. Um, And the process to form one of these schools, it doesn't take a couple weeks. It is a long process uh, that you go through with the Ministry of Education. So they can't just pop up uh, very, very quickly. What I think will be interesting to see is whether we see more of them appear in Edmonton and whether we see the public and Catholic school boards decide to start offering this programming maybe within their existing schools. Yeah, super interesting and something to watch for. Thanks for this, Madeline. No problem. The Loop is a podcast from CBC Edmonton, and our team this week is Leslie Goldstone, Corey Haberstock, and Olivia O. Our theme music is Change Your Mind by Edmonton musician John Common, and I am Claire Bonnie. Of course, as always, we'd uh, like to thank you for loaning us your ears. The Loop is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis communities. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at theloop at cbc.ca. Leave us a rating or a review wherever you download the show. And you can find us on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Have a great weekend. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.